a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is the name of this show. I want to set the stage for this next conversation by reminding you about a story we covered uh, some time ago, early on in the history of this program. <laughs> early on. We've been at it for like a month and a half. <laughs> early on in the in the young days of uh, Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry, we talked about an issue that came uh, from Mayor Jenny Wilson. She made it known that she interpreted her executive authority to execute contracts in such a way that she was empowered to uh, enforce additional firearms regulations on those individuals who would seek to host gun shows on county property. Specifically, she asserted that uh, in order to uh, enjoy a contract with the county, you must, as uh, the host of a gun show, you must ensure that private transactions uh, would be done only with a background check or else they couldn't take place. That every single transaction that took place, every firearm that changed hands in exchange for money uh, would have to be done in conjunction with a, a background check. Now, that is a little bit more than is the current law of the land. Here in the state of Utah, uh, private sales between uh, private citizens of firearms, if uh, if everyone else, if everything else is uh, above board and uh, within the the bounds of the law, those transactions can take place uh, just fine in the absence uh, and without uh, a background check. Anyway, there is a a representative, state representative, a new friend of mine, Corey Malloy, who's on the phone uh, now to talk about a piece of legislation he has uh, that would clarify the authority of certain uh, mayors and other uh, county and municipal uh, officials when it comes to uh, firearms laws and rules here in the state of Utah. Representative, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Lee? Not too bad at all. I'm grateful to you for chatting with me again. I so enjoyed the conversation you and I had up on Utah's Capitol Hill on day one of the legislative session. I've been looking forward uh, to an opportunity to have uh, another chat with you. So I'm grateful yeah, to you. I'm grateful too. for the that, work. That was uh, show 30. What show are we on now? Uh, we're all, it's only 45 today. 45. Okay. 45. <laughs> L- let me, let me ask you this. T- tell me about, tell me first about this, uh, this bill of yours, the firearm preemption amendments. Yeah. What, uh, what we were trying to do, and we were working on this last year. We just didn't get it done in time for the uh, session last year, but it basically just, uh, reiterates that the uh, state is the, uh, the entity that makes, uh, gun related laws uh both civil and criminal uh for the entire state and that the pre- preemption statute that we've had in place for many years uh preempts uh, uh municipalities counties and cities uh and other state agencies from creating laws or programs that uh, uh go above and beyond what the uh, state has uh, uh allowed as it relates to firearms 
On that day, uh, a few weeks ago now, Mayor Wilson had these thoughts uh, on background checks. Let me play those if you don't mind and get reaction. As do many in the community, in fact, most in the community, that background checks are indeed a good thing as a preventive measure. I'm not naive enough to think that this, of course, solves our nation's challenge, um, whether it be in a home or, you know, a mass shooting. But I think uh, this is a step that can be taken uh, by the Salt Lake County mayor, and therefore I've stepped up to, to make this operation change. She says there that she doesn't believe herself to be naive enough to think that this will solve, that this, her actions will solve any kind of uh, grand and sweeping problems. Do, do you think that a problem is created uh, in the absence of these uh, background checks, sir? I, I really don't. Um, and I think the issue is uh, more about uh, infringing on the rights of uh, gun owners, responsible gun owners. And uh, I don't think, you know, uh, you know, the intent there is to stop violence or mass shootings or anything like that. What it is is it just becomes an infringement. When you look at the Utah State Constitution, when you look at the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, it's very, very clear that we have rights to own and bear uh, arms. And when we start infringing on those uh, rights, uh, it becomes a big issue. And so, you know, I think that's the issue we're looking at. Uh, solving here, your protecting piece, those rights. Your piece of legislation would assert preemption statewide uh, over all municipalities. Have you, uh, but the one we're aware of right now is out of the Mayor Wilson's office. Have you had occasion to speak with the mayor? I have not. Uh, I've talked to some of her people and, made, and tried to make myself available, but I haven't uh, had a chance to talk to her uh, about this. And, you know, and again, you know, I think you know, this bill is uh, more about making sure that we uh, uh, stay focused on where the uh, the laws of the land, of, uh, speaking of the state of Utah, reside as it relates to firearms and our right to bear arms. And uh, so I have I have no beef with the mayor. Um, uh, I just think, you know, she has a position and I think she has taken that position and done, uh, you know, uh, you know, pushed it forward. And I don't fault her for that, but I think at the same time, when we see some of those positions starting to infringe on the rights of our Utah state constitution and the rights of the Second Amendment, we have to make sure that that, those rights are protected. Sure. Let me ask you this. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to talk to you about Second Amendment sanctuaries. We've heard uh, out of Uinta County, the commissioners out there have passed an ordinance declaring Uinta County a Second Amendment sanctuary, meaning uh, in their interpretation, if a law, a state or federal law violates the Second Amendment, that their law enforcement out there in Uinta County will be barred from enforcing such a law. How does your piece of legislation here asserting, uh, you know, preemption on the part of the state, how does that interact with, uh, with efforts like the ones being undertaken out in Uinta County? Well, I don't see that it, uh, there's a conflict at all. In fact, we've been working with the county attorney on this bill uh, as it relates to that very thing, and we're we're going to be we're already making a few changes. I think uh, the changes that we're talking about uh, uh, they will be totally comfortable with. Uh, you know, I think the the concept of a sanctuary uh, city or county uh, is a unique one, and it's uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, difficult, but at the same time, I think, you know, they're taking a position that we're going to protect the rights of uh, uh, the people of their county and of our state and uh, of the U.S. And so I think what they're doing is a, is a, a good thing. 
And I don't see this bill, uh, especially when we kind of uh, smooth out some of the rough edges, I w- would say, uh, will conflict with them or anybody else. In fact, some of the things that we're uh, talking about changing in the bill are some of the uh, things related to uh, the penalties as it relates to uh, officials or elected officials, that kind of thing. Um, we don't really see a need for that. We're also going to be building into the bill an opportunity for these municipalities and these organizations to uh, fix the problem before there's any kind of uh, action taken against them. Our, our, our goal here is not to uh, get anybody in trouble other than, but we definitely want to make sure it's very, very clear that there is this preemption statute in place and we're, you know, we're just making it clear that the state has that authorization and plans to keep it and uh, so that we protect our rights. You know, and if state laws come along and change the, the state laws as it relates to universal background and checks, and there's already a bill in place uh, that I don't think will go anywhere, but it, there is a bill in place. But that would be a perfect example of what we're talking about right. if that bill were to pass and uh, there would be no need for the county to do this. Yeah. Representative Corey Malloy, uh, sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. I'm grateful to you for explaining your legislation. And above all that, I'm grateful for the work you're doing up on Utah's Capitol Hill. Thanks, Lee. All right, we'll talk to you again later. Uh, listen, there is much more ahead here on today's program. We're going to talk about Front Runner in the segment coming up and a piece of legislation that has been introduced by both Representatives Ben McAdams and John Curtis. It has to do with making money available to relieve some of the congestion felt on Utah's Front Runner trains. UTA has a proposal to fund more miles of double tracking for Front Runner and Representatives McAdams and Curtis have a plan to do so. I'm going to tell you some of the background of this effort and share with you uh, some of the things uh, that go into bringing something like this about. And later on, we'll be speaking with Representative McAdams here on the program. Then, uh, this one's a tough one. The, the, the Boy Scout story. I'm looking right up now on some of these 24-hour news outlets, and they're talking about Boy Scouts of America filing for bankruptcy. And it breaks my heart. I'm going to share some of my thoughts with you later on in today's program here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.